told you when you had a tiny presidential You got better when you met me and that ain't coincidental Tried to bring the best out you, guess I'm not that influential Guess I'm not the one that's mad for you Alright, alright, welcome, welcome to the Hoop Dreamers Podcast This episode features a very, very special guest We have with us the combo guard for the Portland Trail Blazers The 2021 NBA Slam Dunk Contest champion, fresh out of Altamont Springs, fellow Florida boy, my brother from day one, one of the most promising young guards in the game of basketball today, Anthony Simons. And bro, appreciate you hopping on today, man. No, I appreciate any time for you, my boy. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know. A lot of people don't notice about you, bro, but like you you're a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Right? And you were a mystery player for the most part up until you were drafted in the first round in 2018. Yeah. And over the past couple seasons, that's when you really started to, you know, kind of get into the spotlight as you've continued to perform at a high level and show how not only how good you are, but how good you could be. And through all the success and accolades, one thing that I've always admired about you the most is how your character and your drive has not changed one bit. I mean, ever since we met, was the second, first grade, all the way up until now, no matter what has happened, you have remained the same, especially when it comes to basketball. Mm-hmm. And I'd like for you to share some advice on no matter what level of success you achieve, the importance of staying humble while also staying hungry and continuing to strive to truly become the best player that you could possibly be. Is that cool with you? Yeah. No, I think at an early age, I think that's just I think that's just something like my parents instilled in me about working hard and, um, you know, no matter how much success you are, continue to work hard. Um, and that's kind of the attitude I've had, you know, since then is is that, you know, in my head, you know, I have the humility to know that, you know what I mean, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be at. And, yeah. but, you know, I just, I mean, just, like I said, it's my, basically my parents that instilled it in me, just continue yeah. to stay humble through every situation in life. Um, you know, just I think they say God rewards you in those situations where you stay humble and continue to to you know do your duty yeah. and serve Him and um, you know achieve achieve you know what you set out to be. So I think you know that's what like just growing up. I you know I've always had that that attitude and yeah, exactly. Um, I never been I never been a person that want like like attention at an early age and and it's still to this day like. Yeah. I just like to, you know, do what I love to do, keep getting better at it, um, and, you know, enjoy myself, enjoy the people, on, you know, all my loved ones and stuff, and that's all I, yeah. I really need in life. Is yeah, that, exactly. Is, um, so, um, you know, going into high school and stuff, and I started, you know, being a late bloomer, I think it just never it never changed. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I never really wanted wanted the attention. I just wanted to, you know, Play the game and continue to get better each and every day, and so I think that carried on to when I, you know, got got to the NBA. 
Um, you know, it was a very new situation for me. Um, I, I really, you know, it's easy to, to, you know, not remain humble in those situations where you're getting, you know, you're not uh-huh. getting a lot of money and you're young and you got access to access to access to more like more things and uh-huh. and so I think, you know, I just I'm blessed to have great parents that keep me keep me, you know, grounded in, in certain situations and um you know kind of teach me and also I you know, I think, you know I'm I'm blessed to have you know, uh, a great example on my team, um, like Dame and I think, you know that's what kind of that's what kind of in this situation kind of keep me grounded because I know what he's doing and uh-huh. you know this dude is you know top 75 player of all time and he's still working like you know what I mean like he's yeah he's still not one of the best players in the league so um you know when I see that I'm like I have no excuse not to work yeah no excuse <laughs> to act this certain way because you know he's not doing it so I think he's a great he's been a great example of how to conduct myself even through success and and um you know, going through my career. Yeah, and, and even speaking before the NBA, before, you know, you became a five-star prospect during your prep season at IMG, before all that stuff, just as a kid growing up in Altamont Springs, trying to find your way with the game, you know, what were your hoop dreams? Man, I think I think it's – my hoop dream was – you know, any normal kid growing up playing basketball wanted to, you know, be in the NBA, um, you know, be this, you know, all-star caliber player, be a star player. Um, I really, you know, at the time, I really didn't, you know, I honestly didn't think, you know, that, you know, I would get to this point, get to this point. But, um, you know, I think looking back on it, all the hard work I put in, you know, it kind of paid off all the times I didn't want to go work out and uh-huh. all the times, you know, that I was, you know, borderline, you know, forced to go work out. And I think, you know, it was just instilled a natural um, <clears throat> feeling of, you know, needed to work, to work hard. Yeah. And it got to a point where I hated it at first. And then I started to, un- and then when I got to like middle school and high school, I kind of started to, to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. And and it got to a point. I was obviously now where it's just it comes second nature to me now, and it's like it's nothing to get up and go and work out now. I can yeah, do it exactly. anytime, any anytime I need to need to go work out, and it's and I'm I always enjoy it because I know that all those times where I didn't didn't feel like doing it, I did it anyways. I always felt better after doing it. Yeah, um, because I knew that I was doing something that you know a lot of people weren't doing at the time. Yeah, and, and that time period that we're discussing right now, you know, elementary, middle, early high school, like I said, you I mean, you were a small guard, you're a late bloomer. And I mean, that's when back when we were the same size, you were about mm-hmm. I mean, your freshman year of high school, you were about five eight, five nine, mm-hmm. maybe a maybe hundred and twenty five pounds. I mean, you're you you're a small guard, but you were always skilled, mm-hmm. right? Even from an early age, I mean, you all like and like you said, you work for it. You work for everything you had as far as your skill set. And growing up, you know, as as AAU teammates, pretty much every summer, we were playing against guys who were way more physically developed than us, 
I mean, they were taller, bigger, faster, and they just had that those gifts at a young age that we didn't have quite yet, or at least you didn't have quite yet. And, you know, they were probably due to those reasons, they were ranked higher than us. The names are already being circulated throughout the scouting reports. So what can you say to the young hoopers out there who are going through the same experience that that you were going through at a young age where you're undersized, playing against all these guys who are more physically developed? And what can you say towards, you know, helping them keep that same drive, continue to stay hungry and continue to work and stay patient and wait for their turn? No, I think, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, in those things at an early age. Um, and it's, it's difficult because, you know what I mean? It's almost feels like, feels like there's nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're bigger, older. And I think you got to, you got to really understand, you know, the end goal. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like this forever, especially, especially at a young age, you in, you're in elementary school and you, you've seen these guys older, um, you know, just know that you have a lot more time to 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 catch up to them. You know, most I mean, honestly, most most of the dudes that are that big really don't don't grow as much anymore. Um, so I think all the all the, most of the time, all the late bloomers are always the ones that end up being the better players because they have to rely on skill so much at an early age. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, once once the size catch up to them and they already had that skill set that they've been developing. And I feel like when dudes that are you know, early bloomers, they rely so much on their physical gifts and not work on the skills that they need. So I feel like that's why you see a lot of late bloomers be so skilled and be be much better because um, they they've been working on their skill set for so long. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously you got anomalies like like LeBron, who's always been physically gifted, and mm-hmm. you know, he just he just LeBron James, so, but. For the most part, you know, a lot of young, you know, a lot of little guys growing up, um, they always developing to be more skillful players and more impactful players because, you know, they they haven't, they wasn't relying on, you know, their physical gifts at the early age and they were working on, you know, every skill set of the game that you needed. And um, I think, you know, that's what I think that's what I did is is you know focus on shooting, ball handling all the time because that's what I needed at the time. Yeah. In order to to somehow you know be successful and be impactful in the game, and and once you you know got into like around your sophomore year, junior year, of high school, that's when you sprouted up from that five eight five nine kid to a six four. Um, so you had great size, and I don't know where that the other part came from, but you also somehow developed a crazy vertical. I mean, I remember once one summer you were, you know, we were both competing to touch the backboard. And then the next summer you were coming back doing left-hand tomahawks, right? So you hit a crazy growth spurt in a short amount of time. And at that point in time, you were combining the skills that you had been working on your whole life with an elite set of size and athleticism. And that ultimately led you to, becoming, you know, a, a four-star prospect as we were getting to our later years at Edgewater and graduating in 2017. And then you went on to IMG, reclassified, and became a five-star prospect in the class of, of 2018, right? And at the, at, so actually going back to um, 
kind of your, your senior year at Edgewater where you were committed to Louisville, right? Mm-hmm. That you had to make a redirection due to the scandals and the coaching changes they had to make. And then that's when you decided to reclassify to 2018 mm-hmm. um, and go to IMG, right? Mm-hmm. How did you think going to IMG and reclassifying to 2018 was going to help you achieve the hoop dreams that you spoke about earlier and going to the NBA? I think, you know, originally, originally, you know, I was originally I was always supposed to go to IMG after after my senior year at Edgewater, but um, you know, there was I was I planned on going to Louisville early, you know, um, it was it was a discussion, but I couldn't at the time, so I had to wait to go to IMG, and um, you know, obviously everything happened. I did I had to decommit, and it kind of worked out perfectly because you know I mean I. You know, everything kind of lined up the way it was supposed to. And I think, you know, just the experience IMG was great for me. Um, you know, I got a lot of – I got much better there. I was able to, you know, kind of be independent. And um, I think all in all, the, the experience from, from Edgewater to IMG was, was you know, a roller coaster. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I became a five-star prospect in the class of 2018. And, and, and before that, I mean, I think, you know, my, my whole objective – was for, for reclassifying was that I realized like you know a lot of the a lot of the guys in tw- the 2018 class were you know really around my age mm-hmm. and so I wanted to you know what I mean at that time kind of even the playing field because I feel like a lot of people in the 2017 class were older than me you know by a year or two years because a lot of them reclassified at a young age in middle school before you know what I mean before high school so that they wouldn't you know kind of had to reclass and go to prep school. It would just be like they'd been in high school the whole time. So um, I kind of did that late. And, um, you know, when I got to playing, you know, with dudes around my age, I think, you know, I started getting more confidence. I started performing better. And then that's when I kind of I kind of blew onto the scene at that point. And, um, you know, that's when I got the opportunity to, to go to IMG and, um, you know, had the opportunity to be, a, you know, be a first round draft pick and I think it all worked out perfectly the way it was supposed to it was kind of you know perfect timing for everything and age opportunity yeah and what's what's really interesting about you bro and, and what really in my eyes separates you from a lot of top young players in the game right now especially back when we were you know at that time you know we were going to IMG and you were you know a five-star prospect your name was all over ESPN this and that you, like you said earlier, you never needed the attention. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of young hoopers today they have they don't they don't want to play hard unless there's a camera there. They gotta have everything. They gotta they trying to get reposted on Instagram of, of a new dunk they had. I mean, it's like social media is it's become a focal point of amateur basketball today. Whereas with you. You never needed it, never relied on it, and you still went on to be able to skip college, go straight to the NBA, and have a very successful career thus far, right? So with you having such a humble, you know, hungry work ethic throughout your AAU and high school career and still bursting onto the national rankings and into the NBA, what can you say – to those young hoopers out there 
about how you held on to that core piece of your character in your humbleness and how that ultimately led to your success? Yeah, I think going back to like, you know, my, my parents kind of instilled that into me. And I think that's just always been my natural, my natural, you know, personality is that I've never been in really an attention seeking person. Um, and, you know, I, it's not where it's not to the point where I get uncomfortable when I get too much attention, but I just, I much rather, you know, do what I love to do and, and then, you know, get out the way. I think that's kind of, you know, my whole attitude. And I think, you know, what I would tell, you know, younger, younger players today is, you know what I mean? I think, I think the attention at an early age kind of hinders most of young players. I think, you know, they, they kind of get used to always being in the spotlight and they think that's normal for them. And I think that kind of hinders their development because they don't, they don't kind of grow into, you know, the player they want to be because they don't have, they kind of lose that humility about themselves and knowing that, you know, there's some people that there's people out there that's better than me at, at that time. And I think they get this misconception that, you know, they're the best thing since, you know, best thing since sliced bread at the time. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players out there working hard and, um, a lot of players that's trying to catch up. So I think it's also kind of goes with like, a, it kind of goes like kind of a, a fear of, a fear of being caught. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. um, I think, you know, the last thing I want, I want is, you know I mean? See myself not working hard and I kind of, you know, lose my spot. You know what I mean? I think yeah. there's a competitiveness, competitiveness to it. And I think a lot of people lose that because they think they already, they already, they already made it and, and have it made already because they're getting so much attention. And I think yeah, exactly. it, that happens. A lot of people get that reality check, you know, if they, if they're, if they make it into even college, they get the reality check. And then, and especially when they get to the you know NBA and they get to the pro level, it's a big reality check because there's guys already there. That's, you know what I mean? That guy. And when you think, you know, every, everything's been given to you your whole life, you kind of lose it because, you know, most at, for most players, if you're not a you're not a top five pick, it's not going to be given to you. And so I think that's when people kind of fall off at at that moment because they just they start to they start to feel defeated in situations because they, everything's been given to them. Yeah. And so they feel like you know what I mean. If everything's not given to them, they're confused, they're angry, <clears throat> and they just stop working hard and they yeah. kind of blame it blame it on everybody except them. Exactly. And, and could you explain, you know, how even though you weren't somebody who needed to be, you know, the guy who who mixtape is following around or you didn't need to create a day in the life and do all the other kind of stuff that, you know, you see a lot of young players doing to hype themselves up through social media and through those YouTube channels. Could you talk about how you still, you know, created opportunities for yourself to show your talent through camps through showing up when when it was game time, playing on the circuit, like there are a lot of different ways to show your talent other than you trying to use social media and all these mixtapes to show, you know, specific parts of your games that you want everybody else to see. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think, I think you gotta, you just gotta kind of. I say wouldn't say force, but you gotta put yourself out there. It doesn't have to be on social media. It doesn't have to be on the camera. It's just, you know, a camp going on. 
you got to go. You know what I mean? You got to go and show what yeah. you can do. And so yeah. I think that's what, that's my whole idea was, was to go go get invited to a camp and show what I can do and play with the best players and mm-hmm. show that I'm better than them. And I think um, that was kind of my goal. And each every time I went to a camp, an AU, an AU tournament, I knew I wasn't getting, getting no recognition and at the time, but I kind of continued to keep playing. And, you know, eventually people kind of, you know, recognized me. They saw that I was, you know, lead. Who, they was trying to figure out who was leading the league, leading UA uh, on our circuit and, and scoring mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, you know, when I led the league in scoring the 16U, that's when everybody kind of started to recognize me because at the time the UA circuit was probably the best circuit that year. And, um, you know, at, I was leading the league in that 16, 16U. So I think, you know, it's just you just putting yourself out there, just not being afraid to go against the best at any point um, and going at them each and every time. And I think that's the, that's that's the best way of doing it. You know, that's the best way of feeling accomplished and um, mm-hmm. knowing that you know you you defeated you know the obstacle of you know being this top player. Yeah, and you you spoke a little bit on it earlier when it comes to you know getting to next next level and having that reality check. For you, I mean, from the time you were in ninth grade, like we said, you know, you were a small guard. Uh, you were, probably, I mean, very skilled but small. To the time where you <clears throat> left IMG and became a first round draft pick in 2018, I mean, that was the span of five years, right? Four or five years. Yeah. And so that is just a lot of changes happening in a very very short span of time. I mean, going from that kid to a legit NBA player. So I just, just want to ask, you know, how did you deal with all of those changes happening so quickly? And what can you say to the young hoopers out there who are getting ready or are looking forward to the next change in their career and going from you know, middle school to high school, high school to college, whatever it may be. Now, I would say, you know, definitely, it's definitely hard, you know, dealing with change and, um, you know, you're going to go through a lot of, a lot of trials and tribulations throughout the way. Um, but I think ultimately is this, is this going to make you better? Um, you know, just for myself, I think, you know, starting off, Starting off at a you know small in my freshman year, growing up, growing a little bit sophomore, junior, senior year, it's always was was some obstacle I had to go through, and um, you know I like I keep going back to you know being blessed to have great parents beside me that's always supported me. They've always you know been there every step of the way, um, encouraging me, um, being hard on me, and um, knowing that you know everything is going to be okay, and so. I think it's just that's has a lot to do with you know the support system you have with you, um, you know the people that surround you that's always encouraging you and, and continuing to push you to become a better player even when you, you know at the time you're not you know the biggest, not the strongest, not the fastest. I think um, all those things come into play, and mm-hmm. I think you know just for a young hooper that's going through that, it's just it comes with it. I think you know adversity is. You know, I see this adversity as the best thing that can happen to anybody because, you know, when you get through that, you become a better person, better player. Uh-huh. And uh, that's what I kind of embrace, you know, 
you know, especially in my time in, in the NBA, kind of, you know, maturing as a person is, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I, I seek adversity at this point because I know I want, that's, that's a, a perfect way to get better. And, yeah. um, you know, I start to, I start to seek it and enjoy it, you know, knowing that, you know, I'm going to get better throughout the situation, if, you know, when I, when I get through it. So, um, I think it's just people have to have a different mindset about, you know, trials and tribulations and, um, you know, knowing that, you know, they're going to be a better person coming out of it. Yeah. And, you know, you just dove in a little bit into your NBA career. Um, you're going into your fifth year, which is crazy to think about. You know, I mean, you're pretty, much a veteran. you're pretty much a veteran now. <laughs> uh, and I want to start off with, you know, your, your first season first year or two, you know, you were brought onto a team that already had, they were already stacked with guards. You know, they had Dame, CJ, and other guys to back them up already. And there were, I mean, a lot of games your first year, especially where you weren't even dressing out, mm-hmm. right? So what can you say to the young hoopers who are going through that similar situation where they – you know, work hard to make a team, but don't really know when they'll even get an opportunity, when or if they'll get an opportunity to play. Yeah, like it's 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 hard because you know, especially if you're going through that at a high school, at, in high school, it's just it's hard to c- kind of understand that because I feel like you know a lot of people aren't mature enough to to understand it. It's, I mean, it still goes on in the NBA where guys aren't mature enough to understand why they're not playing. You know what the situation is so for me um you know it's just it was just all about getting better during that year and um you know being ready every time you know i go out there on the court you know try to get better each and every day um try to get stronger you know it, it just i knew i had a lot of stuff to work on so it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't as hard for me to understand why i wasn't playing because i had a long way to go to develop and um you know, I obviously play good in some games that I would that I would you know, go into. Some games I would I wouldn't play good, and those would yeah. be frustrating times because you know you want more more time to, to kind of fill out the game, be in real game situations. But I think you know ultimately, you know, just continue to get better. Um, you know, having a positive mindset each and every day. Don't I think a lot of people bring that negative energy when you know they're not playing, they're mad, they're coming into practice mad, and they're kind of bringing that energy into the building and I think that's a that's the that's the easiest way for people to you know to kind of dismiss you because you know I mean they they think you can't handle it you know they think you yeah they're gonna put you know a certain stigma on you that you know I mean you're you know being emotional um you know very very angry all the time and I think that's what you see with a lot of players is when they they're not playing and getting the opportunity they think they deserve Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you said, you know, even as you got into the league that, you know, you still had so much more to work on and so much more to prove. And I mean, like I said, that, that goes goes back to you staying humble and hungry. Right. So as you were in that mind state where you were a rookie, fresh out of high school, trying to find your way in the NBA, who did you learn from the most? And, you know, what specifically did you learn from the guys you were playing behind and Damian Lillard 
and CJ McCollum. Yeah, I think you know that whole year. I think I learned we had a had a had a great team full of a lot of vets on the team. So they were all welcoming and, and teaching me and teaching you know me and all the, you know me and Gary as both as rookies and um. You know, they just they each person thought it was a different thing based off their perspective. So, um, you know, some guys are in different positions in their career, and you know, they kind of teach what they've learned based off their position because you never know what kind of what kind of player you're gonna end up being, especially at a young age and coming into the league. So, you kind of learn from each and every player, kind of be prepared for each position you're gonna each position you might be in because you know all these guys are in different positions in their career. So, you know. It was great learning from everybody, yeah. and then and then obviously learning from Dame and CJ, who are you know the top players on the team. You know, guys that are you know all star and borderline all star. I think you know they just teach you you know a different way of seeing the game and understanding the game, and um, they just mm-hmm. teach you teach you the game, teach you teach you the game on and off the court. You know, they they go through a lot. You know, they those guys are having a lot of success on the yeah. court and off the court. So. Um, you know, they taught me how to how to conduct myself. You know, each and every day, even with all that success, and um, you know, a lot of those, you know, both of them have, you know, didn't change when, you know, they were playing well, they were playing bad. Um, they got they're getting all this money. Um, they never changed who they were, uh-huh. and I think, yeah. you know, that speaks to you know why they they are the best of the best because of how they conduct themselves, even when even through success. And, um, you know, both of those guys teach me valuable lessons throughout my career. You know, obviously I said before, Dane, you know, shows you, you know, what it really means to work hard and, um, you know, taking care of yourself and and really, you know, having a mindset of being that guy and understanding, you know, what it takes to, to be the best. And um, so is CJ as well. And mm-hmm. I think CJ, you know, instilled, you know, in me kind of the way you should act as a player. You know what I mean? You should have, you know, the humility enough to know to know that, you know, you're not the best, right, you know, the best at the time and um, those are guys are better than you right now. But at the same time, you know that, you know, once you step on the court with them, it doesn't matter. Um, you're going at them, you know, like you're the better player. And um, it's kind of that, yeah. it's kind of that um, borderline, you know, that kind of arrogant confidence that kind of, you know, CJ player with, like, like, he really like he truly believes yeah. like nobody can mess with him. Nobody. You know what I mean? And you know, you yeah. see it in the game. Like you go out there and play his game. And, you know, even even on a bad shooting night, he feels still feels the same. And that's kind of the attitude he mm-hmm. kind of he kinda of taught me. It was like, play a game. It doesn't matter. Like go out there and play. You know what I mean? That's that's the that's the only thing you can do. Play with confidence. And um, you know, that's the thing he taught me the most is to to stay confident in yourself no matter what. You know, having a bad game, you you see what you need to do better in that game, chalk it up, go right to the next one and treat it like it's a brand new game, play the same exact way. And um, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what he why he's so successful in his career is that he really believed that nobody can mess with him. Yeah. And uh speaking of you, you know, getting some swagger, getting some confidence and getting some opportunity, you know, the last couple of seasons you have just gone crazy. I mean, balled out, right? I mean, you this past season you averaged seventeen, and like I said in the very beginning of the episode, you proved to be 
one of the most promising young stars in the game right now, right? And I mean, you just got a new contract this summer, valuing at a hundred million dollars, right? The team obviously believes in you. Dame believes in you, believes in you, and is taking you under his wing. And I mean, you got the fan base behind you, right? So, um, I mean, and there are a lot of different ways for people to make money even before getting to the NBA. Right? I mean, you see a lot of a lot of young hoopers doing all kind of social media influencing and and this and that, especially with NIL. So even with, you know, this money, the connections, the fame that you have, how do you plan on staying hungry and humble as you move forward? Yeah, like I mean, I keep going back to Dame. It's like he's he's made a lot of money in his career. And, you know, money that we can't even imagine. You know what I mean? He's continuing to work. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's continuing to work day in and day out as hard as he can to be, still, you know, reach his goals. And so, you seeing mm-hmm. that, like, there's no, like, for me, I just see that. And it's like, there's no excuse for me not to continue to work and be a certain way. And yeah. I mean, I had so much left in my career. And it's, you know, I mean, there's, there's always, you know, the optimism of, you know, what more can I do? I got into this point, so what, mm-hmm. what, how far can I take this? And I think that's the kind of my mindset is I have to continue to prove myself and continue to get better and improve to reach, you know, the player who I want to be and, you know, um, the player I'm supposed to be. So I think, you know, going into going into this year, even though, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making all this money now. I think, uh, I think it just continues to – I need to, you know, validate – you know, what I've done last year, that's kind of my mindset. It's just going mm-hmm. out there with it, with the, with the same fire I did last year and even more this year is to, to kind of prove, mm-hmm. prove myself even more now. And I think, you know, this is always going to be mm-hmm. a need for me to, for me to prove myself even no matter how much, how much money I make in my career, how much success I have in my career. I think, you know, there's always room for improvement. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you see the best players and the best athletes in the world kind of had that same mindset of, you know, to almost where it it's almost like it's never enough. You know, that's where they, they kind of psych mm-hmm. themselves out and thinking that, you know what I mean, it's never enough. You know, there's no, there's never a time yeah. to rest. And, um, you know, that's kind of the mindset I, I kind of try to carry myself with. Yeah, never enough. That's that's, that's big, bro. It's, it's really never enough. You know what I'm saying? That's why, and even, even beyond, you see guys like, Michael Jordan and some of these greats who still have that competitive spirit in them, even beyond their retirement. You know what I'm saying? It's something that just never leaves you and something that, you know, takes a while to develop as well. So, I mean, with you, I mean, we, and we can, we can finish it up with this question, you know, with you, like you said, having a lot to prove, wanting to come into this year with, with that same hunger that you did the past four years, you know, what are you still looking to accomplish throughout the rest of your NBA career? Just continue to continue to be the best player I can be. I think that's always been my message from from you know since I was a young age. Is to continue to you know conquer whatever whatever ceiling that I do have. Um, you know, you never you never know until you continue to work hard and keep continue to try. So I think you know as I keep going on through my career, I think I'm just gonna. You know, continue to to stay humble, like I've always been saying. Um, continue to work, and um, you know, see where I land from there. I think 
you know, that's the that's the best thing we can do is maximize our, all of our potentials. And, um, you know, the best way possible is to is to do those things, continue to work hard and stay, you know, and, and stay the course. So I think, you know, as I go through my career, I, I'm just going to continue to do that. Yeah, exactly, bro. And, and just to wrap things up, humble and hungry, man. And those, those are two characteristics that you've had ever since I've known you when we were little kids all the way up through now. Right, it's never never too early to start working on that. Have that into your character that, and and, and and take it into things on and off the court. Right, school, basketball, whatever it is in life that you want to achieve, those are two key components yeah. to it. Right, so yeah, bro, appreciate you hopping on again. Much appreciated. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I'll, I'll run into you again mm-hmm. soon. But best of luck this best of luck this season, bro. Continue to work hard this off season. We all look, we all looking forward to seeing what you do. The whole city is behind you. And again, thanks for hopping on, bro. Anytime, anytime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They, they, they one brother right here, man. Been my brother for most of my life. Will be my brother for the rest of the life, bro. So, again, appreciate it. I'll see you again soon. Good luck this season. You when you had a tiny presidential. You got better when you met me, and that ain't coincidental. Tried to bring the best out you. Guess I'm not that influential. Guess I'm not the one that's mad for your 